Well, God bless y'all. Welcome. Welcome to Church on the Hill. Y'all are so awesome. With your worship, with your, worship your heart for worship, it just uh, it blesses my heart. I believe it blesses the Lord's heart when we come in here together and the joy of the Lord just starts coming out. And the Spirit of God starts moving in you and you start responding. And, and uh, you know, as the Lord moves, we move with Him. And uh, it's just awesome. Um, I, I love, it's one of the things I love about our church is that we just worship. And to be honest with you, don't really care what the person next to us thinks or says. Or, you know, we, we have an audience of one when our true worship starts. And that's really all that matters. And uh, if we please him, everything else is going to go okay. So if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Sermon on the Mount, we're almost there. Can you see the end? We are there. And you know what? I started in November. It's been almost a year. For some of you, say, man, it feels a lot longer than that. <laughs> we're almost done. We're almost done. I told somebody, I think it was Pastor Justin, about the time I finish, I'm about ready to start again. It has been that good for me. It has really changed, it's changing my life. I believe it's changing our church. But remember, this is Jesus teaching, right? Jesus teaching. All right, Matthew, uh, Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who what? Did you just say that? But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Don't zone out on me. I think the Lord would say, don't zone out on me. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, church, wake up. This is a message to the church to those that are listening to Jesus, to those Jesus are preach, is preaching to, to those that are following Jesus. This is Jesus' message to his followers. Is that you and me? Whether you think it is or not, it is. It's you and me. He's saying that to us, to his disciples, to those that are following him, not to the world. He's saying that to Jesus' followers, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. What is the significance of that? Have you ever thought about that? You're gonna, there's those that's going to say, Lord, Lord. What does that mean? It means they know him. They know what to call him. They are calling him Lord. Those that know to call him Lord, some of those that say, Lord, Lord, are going to get left behind. Church, this is a, des this is a desperation message. To you, to me, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, they think Jesus is Lord. They're saying, Lord, Lord, but there's a big qualifier to entering into the kingdom of heaven, doing the will of the Father. Everybody say doing. Does that, is that what he said? 
doing. You actually have to be a Christ follower. One who follows the ways of Jesus, his word, his teaching, his instruction, his leading. Everybody knows the scripture. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I want you to know that if you are a Christ follower, which is a Christian, you can't just say I'm a Christian, you got to say, am I a Christ follower? That's what a Christian is, right? It's not some term to just be thrown around to be able to put you in some group to be able to have a social event, which happens in church. A Christian is a Christ follower. For the Christ followers, you have hope. You can grab hold of the scripture. You have a hope and a future. If you are not following Christ, there is no hope. There's either hope or no hope. Now, listen to me, church. I love you. The Lord loves you. And he is giving us this message at the end of his teaching to say, okay, you've heard my teaching, but there's still going to be some that cry out, Lord, Lord, and I'm not going to know them. You know, those with hope are those inside the kingdom of God, right? Do you know that inside the kingdom of God, if you're inside the kingdom of God, then you're living a life inside the kingdom of God, right? And that would be a Christian, right? Yes. Okay. Inside the kingdom of God, Christ is king. And the king is followed. His orders are followed. His commands are followed by his subjects. Now I want to ask you again. Are you in the kingdom of God? Or do you just say it? You actually have to be a Christ follower. Do you live in that kingdom or in a kingdom of your own where you are king? But I walked an altar and I prayed a prayer. Great. That's awesome. But are you still at that altar? Did you walk an altar and pray a prayer and you never moved forward from that point? There is more to the walk. Whoever told you that it's over was wrong. It just started. You just started. You just came out of the womb. You are a new creation, ready to go live. But you got to walk. You got to follow. Are you still at that altar? Scripture says that if you're really saved, you'll change. You'll move from that decision you made long ago, and there will be a visible change that will begin to occur. Everybody knows this scripture. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. Those who are called according to his purposes. We are great at grabbing hold of the scriptures that we like to grab hold of that are good for us. But you can't grow, grow, grab hold of that unless you love God. You can't take out the good. You can't grab hold of the good and take out the bad. And that's not bad. Loving God's not bad. But there's a qualifier to everything works out for good. That you love God. Okay, so where does that lead us? How do we love God? 
You know, in marriage, I could say to my wife, I love you, but if my life reflects the life of being a womanizer out here looking everywhere, doing everything that I shouldn't be doing, I don't love her. I can say I love her, but what good is that? I can come in here and be the perfect model person when I sit next to, in the pew next to you and be the model person and play the church game and look good. I can put on my tie. I can look like I'm something. Be, be somebody, you know. I, I can do that. But does my life reflect that what I'm trying to put on when I'm here at church? Let me tell you, I believe you'd be better off to maybe not look so good at church, but your life look good to God. Now, I don't want you coming in here not looking good. We want to look good. Let's look good. What I'm saying is, don't play the game. Quit playing a game. There's going to come a time when, when it's, going to be, it's going to be crunch time. And you're going to say, Lord, I'm ready to come in. Now the moment of truth comes. And can I tell you, I do not want to be standing there that day. Because let me tell you, that day's coming. We are all going to die at some point. Or Jesus is going to return. Please, Jesus, return. But we are going to die. And when that day comes, we're going to say, Lord, Lord. You know the song, do Lord, oh, do Lord, oh, do remember me. That's where that scripture comes from. The Lord says, okay, I will remember you. Obey my will. Obey my will. Follow my son, Jesus. And I'll remember you. I promise. It's a promise. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, this is Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments, keep my commands. What does that mean? It means keep my word. Do you know his commands? Do you know his word? How can you keep them? John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Those, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Father, I ask you to open up our hearts, to awaken our spirit, that we would hear your voice in Jesus' name, that not one person under the sound of my voice would be lost, would be, would be left out. Lord, I cry out for mercy over us that we would hear and that we would, and that, Lord, that you would put Satan under our feet, the God of peace has placed Satan under our feet, and that we would not hear the lie that your word is wrong, but that we would hear the truth, that you are the only way. Let us hear you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. One key word here. Out of that whole scripture, what key word pops out to you? And I did. I, I highlighted a couple of them, so we cheated a little bit. But what is it? Obey. obey. Oh, yay. Obey. The kids don't remember that when Bill Cosby used, talked about the word obey. Obey. Huge. Obey. The biblical word the, uh, for obey comes from the Greek hupakau. I'm probably saying that wrong, but hupakau which means listen attentively. 
by implication to heed or to conform to a command or authority. The word conveys the idea of actively following a command. It's not a choice. It's to be done whether one agrees with it or not. How many of you have had a child that questioned what you're asking them to do and finally you just said, I want you to do it because I told you to do it. I don't want to have to explain anymore. I've tried to explain and it didn't work. But I'm telling you, this is the way it has to be done. Why? Because they live in your kingdom. And parents, the parents had better be king. You ever, you ever seen a situation in a family where the kid's the king? It's chaos. People are going to get hurt because it's wrong. Obedience, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Why? Because you're going to need it. There's gonna, you're going to come to the end of the road and there is no other way out but by the very word of God. And if you don't know it, you can't access it. You're going to need it. His word, his instruction should be the main topic of our life. Put it around your necks. Teach it to your kids when you're sitting down to eat dinner, as you're walking to and fro, when you're going to bed, when you're waking up, get it into the kids. But you can't get it into the kids if you don't have it in you. So get it into you. Start today in the Word of God. We need a course correction. With the course we're going on, we think is the right one. It feels good sometimes, but you know, things that feel good only last a moment. It's time to make a change. How do I know I'm going in the right direction? Again, we saw here Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but, those, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Remember, church, this is to us. If you pray to prayer, if you call yourself a Christian, but you do not obey the word of God, you don't follow the word of God, you don't know the word of God, then you need to ask yourself some pretty tough questions. Everybody say amen. amen. I don't want you and I don't want me to get to the end of my life and say, Lord, Lord, and me get rejected. What else really matters? You might say, but Lord, I was in church every time the doors were open. I was even in the choir. I was a deacon. Scripture says, you might have even prophesied. You might have done, you might say, but Lord, I've done powerful, powerful things in, in your name, Lord. But God's answer is, did you do my will? Did you follow my son Jesus and his ways? If I, if I am really, God's saying, if I am really your king... You would follow me. You would follow my word. Isn't that what a Christian is? A Christ follower? Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is the ways of death. 
you're not alone if you think you're going the right way and you're not. We get going down a path and we think it's the right way. Why else would we be going down that way? Satan will deceive you to think you're going the right way. But your way leads to death. God's way leads to life. Period. Jesus is the only way. And let me tell you, salvation is free. It's a free gift. You didn't do anything to earn that. You can't. There is no way to earn that. But you know what? It really wasn't free. It was paid for. You were paid for. And it was a huge price. A huge price was paid for you. It wasn't free. Not because of what we do, but because of what Christ did. We receive salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the righteousness of Christ because of what Jesus did. But we have to receive it. It's not based on your works. It's based on Jesus. But at that point, when we receive Christ, now we have to follow. If there was nothing else but just to receive Christ, then why did Jesus even preach the Sermon on the Mount? Did Jesus preach a sermon that was not true? That was not effective? That was not for our daily living? Yes, he did. So why would we think that we could just give our heart to Jesus one time under a minister that calls us forward and prays for us, and that's it? That's a lie. That's not it. That's the start. We've got to move from this altar and start walking out. These men are talking about raising up followers of Christ. They haven't stopped at the altar. They've come to the altar. That's the start. Now they're moving forward. Men in my own skin. There's ways it seems right to a man, but our way leads to death. So I want to ask you, are you following? Are you doing the will of God? Leads me to my next question. How do you do that? How do you do the will of God? Matthew 6.33, I think, is a great start. Seek first. I love the word first because it's first. Are you, <laughs> hello? First is first. So it's first. What's first? Well, first. But what is first? Seek. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the right way to go. What's the right way for me to go with what I'm about to walk into today? And all these things will be added unto us. We seek his righteousness, his word, his instructions, and then we follow it. You ever seen anybody that's ever been in the military, the, the person over you gives you an order. You have the word. Now, you could choose to follow it or not. Right? But if you want to be blessed, if you want to be protected, you follow it. We hear his word and we follow it. If we are following his word, then we know we're going the right direction. Our circumstances and our challenges don't identify our course, our, us being on the right course. Because you've just had a challenge show up in your life doesn't mean you're on the wrong course. Because terrible things have happened to you doesn't mean you have missed something spiritually. You could be in the perfect place spiritually and have challenges come at you. 
The way we know if we're in the will of God is are we following His Word? Are we following His Spirit? And the way that I know that I'm following Christ, not that I have challenges, I'm going to have challenges, but do I have victory in those challenges? You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 37, if we continued on, we were in Romans just a minute ago, Romans 8, it says that we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, you know what's coming? Nor height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When I'm in the kingdom, when I'm following Christ, nothing can overtake me. I'm under the umbrella and nothing can penetrate. When I stop following the will of God, what have I just done? I've just stepped out of the kingdom and into my own kingdom. Now I'm a sitting duck. Jesus, Jesus is so good that he gives us a free will. We get to choose. We get to choose. And you know what? What you practice demonstrates your relationship with Jesus. It's your fruit. It's your fruit. You remember the scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's your fruit. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. What does your life reflect? What I'm trying to do is to, is to, to have, a, have an alarm clock go off in your life to say, you know what? The Lord is trying to say something to me, to save me. Pastor's not trying to make you feel guilty. This is not about being guilty. This is not about being condemned. This is life or death. And you need to ask yourself, you may have got saved. I was saved at five. I was spirit-filled at 17. And I still have to ask myself, am I following you, Lord? Or have I gotten off track? And so many times I get deceived thinking I'm going the right way and I realize I'm not following him. I'm following me or I'm following something stupid. Can anybody relate? Are you really following him? Luke, I'm going to try to finish up here. Luke chapter 13, verse 23 says, Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive. Everybody say, Strive. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, you will begin to stand outside and knock at that door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I don't know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you that I don't know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. These are people that have been around him, that have heard, that have been around to know what's going on. But Jesus is saying, I don't know you. Let that not be you. You can know the Lord. It gets worse. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourself thrust out. These, this person on the other side of the door that's being thrust out has ate and drank with them, has been around, 
has heard him. They will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and sit at the kingdom of God. And indeed, there the last will be first and the first will be last. Superficial knowledge about Christ and his teaching will not substitute for repentance and faith, which is a true relationship with God. Knowing the stories, even being able to quote them, but not living a life of repentance and faith, you, are, you have listened to the wrong message. You are going the wrong direction. I want you to know that I believe that if I'm living a life of repentance and faith, but I don't know the word as well as I probably should, but I'm trying with everything I've got, when I'm, when I'm faced with a challenge, the Lord will provide for me. But if I'm out here and I'm playing the game, I'm doing every Bible study, but when I leave that Bible study, I'm not doing any of it, I will come to the end of my rope and I will cry out to the Lord and he will not be there. Is that what we see here or not? Now, he is omnipresent. I'm not saying he won't be there. He will be there. And you'll be crying out, Lord, Lord, and he will say, I do not know you. Is this scripture or not? Okay, did I just lose you? This is life and death. And this is for the Christians. This is for us. And you're, you, have got, you have got victory in front of you. This word tells us, choose this day, blessings or curses. Which one are you going to choose? So what is God's will? Matthew 4, 19. Jesus said to them, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Learn from me. Be led by me. Listen to my word. And you may say, okay, pastor, you keep saying the word, the word, the word. How, how is following Jesus and following the word the same? You know, in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus is the word. That the word was made flesh. Scripture tells us that Jesus is the word. So when we follow the word, what are we following? We are following Jesus. If I get out the word and I try to walk out that word that I've just learned today, even though it might be just a little bit, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am following Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, do you catch this? Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That means you need to change. Not God. Not God. God doesn't change. Why doesn't God change? Because he doesn't need to. He's perfect. Completely perfect. He doesn't change. Who be transformed? Everybody say me. How? By the renewing of your mind. By, by replacing your thoughts with his thoughts. By replacing your ways with his ways. By following Christ. Have you ever, have you ever been lost have you ever been following somebody that knew where they were going? Which is better? 
Which is better? So how do we follow Christ? We follow by learning his word, renewing our mind, throwing out all these lies, replacing them with truth. Then, you, then, well, I want to know the will of God. Great, follow Christ. Because then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. You know what, what happens here? Now, we can see basic steps sometimes that we need to take, but sometimes you say, yeah, but I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or do that. Okay, make sure you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know that manifest step, that step, that specific step to your life. Then you will know and be able to test and approve what God's will is in your decision right now. People come to me and say, Pastor, I'm about to change jobs. I'm about to do this. You know what I'll say to you? You need to pray and fast. Pray and fast. Seek after God. And you know what? If you don't get a, shiny, a burning bush, if you don't get a shining light, oh, you should take this job. Oh, hallelujah, you should take this job. We don't get that. But once I've prayed and I've fasted, and I pray and I fast, and then it's time to make a decision. I make a decision. I believe if I'm seeking after God, I will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And the decision you make will be the right one. Do you need an answer from God? He is ready to give it. Transforming. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Would you follow? Would you follow? Would you follow? Don't, don't play the church game. Please don't do that. Because you're going to get left out. And I'm desperate for you not to get left out. The Lord is really breaking my heart for you. And for me and for my family. I preached a, a funeral last week and it was basically this same message. I just basically said, you know what, I don't get many more opportunities like this to talk to my family and I'm probably going to offend you all, but here it is. If you're not following Christ, you're going to hell. And I didn't say it quite like that, not, a, not at a funeral, but I basically said that. And I don't want to lose any of you including myself. So maybe I make you mad. You'll get over it, I hope. Take it up with God. I believe everything I've given you, I've given you a ton of Scripture today. A ton. Why? Because my words are just flapping. It doesn't mean anything. God's Word means everything. Would you follow Christ? Y'all stand up with me. As we were praying before the worship team came out, Miss Tammy, Miss Tammy mentioned that we not take for granted the cross, that we not miss what it is that Jesus really has done for you, for me. I just want to ask you, I just want to challenge you, would you make a course correction? This may be your first decision, this may be your 50th decision doesn't matter. 
make the decision. As these men stood up in front of you today, they are standing up to walk the Word of God. Would you stand up and make a decision to walk? As we sang that song, we will ride. Will you really? Yes, Lord, we will ride with you. I want to be, I want my number to be called. I want to be in that number. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 we worship you, Lord. And Lord, we repent of of not putting you first, of you not being king in our life. You are king. Jesus, you are king. And there can only be one king. Lord, I just ask that you would help us this week to get into your word and to follow the best that we can. But that as we get in your word and we try to follow, then we will know how to test and be able to see what the perfect will of God is in our life. We so desperately need you. Just open up the altar right now. If you need prayer for any reason, if you need prayer to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need prayer for health, for financial, for marriage, whatever it is that you need. Walk up this aisle. Let us pray for you. Those that are praying with me, come on down. We're just going to sing a couple choruses. Now I just ask you, let the Lord lead you. Jesus' name. Amen.